Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit rlcholland.com. All right, you guys ready for the word? Yes, let's do this. Let's recap, actually, okay? The month of February, all right? An opportunity to talk about love. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about in leadership and in, in pastoral, pastorally is we were talking about, you know, the Hallmark type of love, the Valentine's Day. It, it's all there. It's all out there. And we were like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's talk about God's type of love. Let's, let's talk about how love was originally created. Because I believe a lot of times world, culture, Hallmark, Valentine's Day has redefined what love is. And, it's, and they base that off more of an emotion. And not to shun Valentine's Day, I'm not saying any of that. You know, I think that's a fun holiday. But let me tell you something. There is an original way that God created an unconditional type of love. And all month we've been talking about that. Now, let's recap. Three weeks ago, um, I was able to talk to you guys about inclining our hearts to God's heartbeat. Do you guys remember that? And we were talking about there is a rhythm and a heartbeat that God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, has that he wants us to be in rhythm with. And when we incline our hearts, and I use the illustration for, uh, like, the bench press. And I was talking about when, you know, we work out, there's the decline, the, you know, the regular bench press, and there's the incline, which, in my, in my experience, it was one of the easier ones. And I really liked, liked that one because I was at an inclined position where I could, you know, hold a little bit more weight. It wasn't a lot of weight, but I could hold a little bit more weight. And so when we are inclined with our hearts uh, to our Heavenly Father's heart, we hear a heartbeat. And the heartbeat says, set it, check it, set it, check it. It was funny because for like two weeks after that, every time I would run into someone, they're like, Jesse, I still hear, set it, check it. So I'm going to, you know that annoying song that you just can't get out of your head? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to redo that. Set it, check it. So you guys don't forget. And we were talking about how we need to set our hearts inclined to our Heavenly Father's heart with that rhythm, and then check our hearts. See, we don't just set it and just leave it and expect you know, life to be good after that. We gotta constantly check ourselves. It's a rhythm, it's a heartbeat, it's, it's, it's steady. Then two weeks ago, we had uh, Pastor Ryan Peters come, a guest speaker, and he talked to you guys about pressing into God's heartbeat. And he had this cool illustration where he called me up here and he said, lean on me. And so, lean on me, okay. He said, lean on me, and I did, and as I was letting go of my strength, I was totally relying on him, you know? And so in a, set, in a sense, when we press in towards God's heart and his heartbeat and his ways, we are pressing in and leaning on all of him and none of us. And when we become vulnerable to that, we see God show up in a mighty way. I mean, when we become weak, we see God become strong or because he is strong. But so many times we have our hands on that and we don't want to let go when God's saying, hey, let go. Just press in, lean in, come in. And then last week we talked about God's immeasurable love, all right? And we talked about how God's love, his unconditional love is something that we really can't measure. And I gave you, a, 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 I guess, a, a testimony on, on me trying to measure God's love, you know, and, and trying, to, trying to, you know, get this long ruler or this uh, measuring tape to try to see how much he loves me. And I was realizing that, that God's, God's love never stops. It never stop, stops moving. It's, it's active. It's alive. And even though our minds can't comprehend that, it's something that we experience. 
And so today I want to wrap up. It's not necessarily a series, but I mean, it's the last week of the, the month of February. So why not wrap up with this last message, message about uh, another perspective of his type of love? Before we do so, let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now for this opportunity, Father, just to uh, uh, encounter you, Lord. I pray right now, Lord, that even though we may not fully comprehend or understand that we experience an encounter, you right now, Lord. I ask you right now that every word that's coming out of my mouth is nothing to do with me, but straight from you, Lord. May the words penetrate heart and soul. May truth reveal, Father, in our personal lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say Amen. Awesome. So the past three to four weeks, we've had this one anchor scripture, and it's back in Ephesians, and it's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19. Now, I've been reading you guys the, uh, the NASB version, um, but today I want to read you the NIV version. So same scripture, different translation. So let's go into it. In Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, it says, the Apostle Paul, I pray that, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his what? That's right. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That's right. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I'm gonna stop there for a second. We talked about the roots. We talked about established. When, when roots take ground, in other words, and, and they start developing and it's positioned just right to God, they start growing and gripping, okay? And then we talked about establishing. How establishing has to have this foundation where you can start building structure. You think about a house for a second, okay? When you, when you have my neighborhood, when I first moved in four, four years ago, literally there was probably about 10 to 15 houses, okay? And today, like the entire neighborhood is filled, it's probably about 40 houses. So the past four years, I, I've seen a, a certain company buy out our neighborhood and then build houses like rapidly, and everywhere I was driving, I was seeing foundations. They were building three houses at a time. And what they do is they dig deep, they concrete this foundation, then they build structure. And then they, then they add the pretty stuff, right? They add the walls. And, and I, I didn't know what it looked like inside, but I'm pretty sure it looks very nice. And, and so what I'm saying is when we establish, there has to be this digging deep within us. And only God can do that. God's word can penetrate within us. And when we dig deep, there's this foundation that's built within us that's harder than concrete. It's a rock. And that rock is named Jesus Christ, right? And so this, this concrete rock that's within us is our foundation. And then we're established and God builds, okay, through his word, through his teachings, through fellowship, through church. There are so many ways that we, we encounter God and allow God to build. So we talked about, we were talking about establishing that. And, and, and the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, I want you to experience that, that root taking or that, that establishment. And continuing on, it says back on 18, and may you have the power to understand as well as all God's people should. And we talked about how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And his love is for us. And we had that little uh, revelation or new insight of how, how much he really loved us. And we said, man, from here to here, nail to nail, right? How long? Long enough that he, he's hanging on a cross for us. How deep? So deep that the wounds, the, the lashes penetrated flesh. And how high? So high, so high that we are sitting on the right side of God with our, with our Lord and Savior. 
Then he says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with awfulness of life and power that comes from God. Because all of this comes from God. There is a plan and purpose. And the cool thing is the last three weeks we've been looking at at his unconditional love and different insights of it. But here's the thing. God has revealed it to us. See, this is is something that we don't have to dig for. Not necessarily. I mean, I know we we dig into scripture. But this is something that, that is really not has no effort on us. It's more of allowing God to just reveal it into our, our lives and into our hearts. So yesterday when I was kind of finalizing things, I, I started asking God, I said, what's, what's, what's the thread of the last three to four weeks that we've been talking? Because there has to be some type of thread. You guys know what I'm talking about? You see, when you sow, I'm not a sower, but my mom is a, is a great sower. And Joshua, uh, my son, he's in Taekwondo and he wins these patches all the time if he does like great performances and, you know, good attendance. So he gets these little star patches and my mom is the one uh, that sows these stars. And he's had it for about four years now, same uniform, um, and those patches are still solid strong. And so when, you, when my mom would sew, I remember watching her when she would sew, she would have this certain technique, right? And her fingers... My mom's old school. She doesn't use those things. What are they called? She just straight up, yeah, straight up, straight up, you know, with the fingers. And, you know, when, when she sewed, I, I noticed that there was a pattern. And this patches could be this small or this big. It, it didn't matter, but it was the same technique, right, the way she did it. And that, that mended the, the patch to the uniform. And you can do whatever it takes. Joshua can roll around, wrestle, and, you know, key all he wants. Those patches are not going to fall off. Because they were sown, they, they were mended. And in a sense, God has been doing that with you guys, okay? Through the last three, four weeks, he's been, he's been doing something. He's been mending his heart with your heart, okay? He's been taking your heart, and he's been grabbing his heart, and he's mending this thing together, and it's been a steady beat. And so the thread here I was looking at is, is just, just to identify more as God and his heart, and when we can let go, when we can let go of, of how we do things and allow him to do it through us, life gets a little bit easier. I'm not saying you're going to, you know, walk through life and see roses and, you know, peaches everywhere. I'm not saying that because Christ literally guaranteed us troubles. But with the mending heart of Christ that's within us, we're able to still stay with that beat. We're able to still do what we need to do in Christ. And so the thread for the last three, now going on four weeks, is, is the experiencing. Everyone say experiencing. See, it's not, it's not the knowledge. It's not the fully understanding, okay? It's not even me trying to do my best for God. It's just literally the experiencing of God's love. That's what he's doing. He's threading something together. He says, I want you to experience my love. And so we've, again, anchor scriptures in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, but let's go one scripture more over, okay? And this is Ephesians 3, 20, all right? And it says this, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, everyone say within us, because that's key right there, to accomplish the infinitely more than what we might ask or even think. God goes beyond us asking, but also to the point where we think, Okay, now I said that key word is within, okay, within us. Now, what he's literally saying is this, that God is bigger than whatever we are facing. There are going to be things in life that seem big, but God is bigger. 
I remember watching VeggieTales and, <laughs> with my kids. I have four children, so I mean, the collection's up here. I know all the songs and everything, and here too, right? But they got some good teachings, I'm just saying, all right? But I, I learned a lot from VeggieTales because when uh, Junior Asparagus says, you know, um, you know, I'm big, you're big, but God's bigger. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you got, okay, all right, never mind. I'll just stop. <laughs> you guys are not getting it, are you? Okay, fine. All right, so God is bigger than whatever you're facing. And here's the thing. This is the things that we face in life, all right? We face doubts. You know, we doubt ourselves, our abilities, who we are. We doubt God sometimes, or our family, or our jobs, or, you know, we, there's doubts that we face, but God's bigger, right? We face insecurities about ourselves, about our finances, about whatever, but God's bigger. <laughs> it's going to be stuck in your head too, watch. We face inabilities that we're not able to do it. We're not able to, to uh, um, do whatever, you know, was before us. We'll try our best. But, we, we, you know, we, we face these, the insecurity and the and inabilities of doing it, but God's bigger. And then we face fears, but God's bigger. Okay, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We face things on our own strength, and that's when it looks big. Okay? That's when it looks big. But when we, going back to Ephesians 3, 12, uh, 20, when we allow the power, the, the mighty power at work within us, again, key word, within us, God's bigger. God is bigger. And in other words, God is saying, look, I've I created all this. You know, there, there is an enemy that's here to still kill and destroy. I'm not being ignorant or denial of the problems because that's not what faith, faith is. Faith is not just turning your back on a mountain but it's going and doing it according to the word of God and conquering this thing and speaking to this thing. I, I, I get that that's there. But what God is saying, hey, is I, God, I am the one that's filling this earth. I'm the one that's holding this thing together. I'm the one is, that is your strength. He is able to do immeasurably more than what you could ask or even think. Everyone say ask or even think. But God's saying, hey, what you need to do is quit supersizing some Big Macs and start supersizing me in your life. No, I'm, I'm serious, right? We need to, McDonald's ain't got a hold on me still, guys. <laughs> but here's the thing. Some of you guys get it, some of you guys don't. Here's, here's the thing, though. We need, to allow, we need to supersize our God and not supersize the problem. You see? Oh, okay. Whew. Okay, here we go. We allow our thinking Okay, we allow our thinking to come out of our mouth, and it's called complaining. And when we, when we complain, we have allowed a foothold to the enemy. Okay, you guys getting it? No? Okay, I'll ask these guys over here. Okay, so here, here's the thing. When we allow the thinking and the enemy to have access and we allow it to come out of our mouths, we've forfeited the supersizing of God and given the right to supersize problems. Okay, and he, here's the thing, guys. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to supersize him because he is supersized. He is almighty. He is big. We need to tell life when life happens, because life happens, we need to tell life that I got a bigger God. And it starts from speaking. And before you can even ask God anything, he said, I got you already. <laughs> I got you because I've always had your back. I always have you. But we tend to measure things according to our perspective, 
Because sometimes it just feels better that way. We're a little bit more comfortable that way. If Peter decided to live by comfort, he would have never got out of that boat and did the impossible. But the other disciples didn't come out. They were comfortable. It looked secured. But Peter, for a moment, saw that security was outside of the boat and with his Savior, Jesus Christ, when he walked on that water. We need to quit. See, with those disciples, what they were doing is they were measuring circumstances and their abilities, and it was minimizing who God was. While Peter said, no, 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 there is something else that someone else is that's doing the measure, so I'm getting out. Right? Uh, Eddie, can I get that? Okay, so me and Eddie this morning. I said, hey, man, do you have a measuring stick or a ruler? He's like, no, but I got this. So let's just pretend this is a, a big measuring stick, okay? I don't even know what it is. He found it. You didn't steal it, did you? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> kind of looks like from the back over here. No. So let's just pretend. Let's just pretend that this is a, a, a measuring stick. You see, there are so many times where we have a measuring stick and we measure life. We measure how things should be, okay? Oh, I have this job. Okay, well, I think I can get this far into it. So we measure it, our perspective, okay? We do this all the time. Some of you guys are probably thinking, not really. Who's competitive? Make some noise. Who's competitive? I'm competitive. What you're doing is when you're competitive, you're measuring things up. Oh, I'm going to beat you, man. Yeah, I got you, you know? And so we put this perspective. I mean, the best way I can explain it is I remember being a kid, and we would play pickup games in basketball or football. You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys know what a pickup game is? It's just, you know, just getting a bunch of people together, and there's two captains, and you go left and right, who's picking? And let me tell you something. That is a point that everyone is being measured. Yeah, you're not in my team. Yeah, but you are, man. Come over here. And what we do is we measure people up by what we see in the outward, okay? But we don't necessarily know the ability. I remember I was measured up one time, and it was at, it was at school, and they said, you know, you, you, he's probably not that good. And I was one of the last guys to be picked. I'm not boasting about myself, I promise, okay? But our team won. So I'm just saying. But no, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. They size people up. That we, you know, we size people up during that pickup game, uh, you know, in, in, in the natural. But when game is on, I mean, things don't look that well. People are yelling at each other, right? Because what we did is we, we sized up in the natural. We have, we create, what we do is we create a perspective of what's a win versus what's a loss through our point of view. And what we do is then we ask ourselves, and we do this in our personal lives to ourselves. We measure ourselves up. Okay, then we ask ourselves, well, do I size up to that? And every time we size up ourselves and look in the mirror and says, ah, you know, I don't know, what we do is we tend to disqualify ourselves. We fall short. That's what happens. We fall short because we are use, using an earthly measuring tool. This, this measuring tool is, is good to, to build houses in the natural and, and, you know, take whatever footage. Right now, I told you I was doing a project downstairs at my house, and I need a ruler. Uh, to, to size and piece drywall together. But here's the thing. God has a heavenly metric system. God has a ruler that is, that is heavenly bound, that is perspective of God. In other words, it is God's point of view. And today I want to show you guys what God, God's point of view looks like, okay? Now, the Apostle Paul, when we read earlier in the, the scripture that we've been hanging out for the past four weeks, the Apostle Paul said, how, he mentions how high, how wide, how deep, how long is Christ's love? Did you not realize that during those how long, wide, deep, and, and, and wide he is, that that is a heavenly metric system that he's using? Because if you think about how high, okay, how wide, okay, how deep, all right, and how long, maybe we can go this way, right? It's a multidimensional thing, 
okay? Because we're used to just up, down, left, right, or whatever. But God is measuring this multidimensional love that's in us. Here's the thing. Even though God's love is immeasurable, he knows how to measure us. See, there's a difference. And so last week when we were focused on the immeasurable, us measuring the love of God, we can't. It's hard. We can't even comprehend with that. But when we reverse the role, when we look through God's eyes and how he created us and who we are, we can see that God has measured us and he's measured us perfectly. God doesn't measure the outside. Scripture told us that God measures the inside or the key word within because the Bible says that you are blessed beyond measures. And that's just the Bible saying that, that you are blessed beyond uh, measures. Now, there are 12 disciples, and uh, in the book of Revelations, John was the last disciple to, to live. Everyone else was, uh, was martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ. But John was visited by heaven, okay? John was, had a vision, and he started seeing things, all right? In the book of Revelation, we don't read Revelation a whole lot because, you know, it's sometimes hard to get into. It's the end times. But let me encourage you guys, get into the book of Revelations. There is a lot of revelation in there. There is. When you get into the book of Revelation, you see God's plan unfold. And there are things that we can already see when we read Revelations and and maybe even the Old Testament through Daniel where there's links. We see things happening already. And we see the, the, the face of Christ happening in our world. I encourage you guys to go to the book of Revelation, but let me tell you something. John had a revelation. God, God, heaven visited him. And we're gonna go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 15. And it says this. It says that the angel who talked with me, John, okay, so now he's, get this visit- he's got this visitation from heaven. The angel who talked to me with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. Let me, let me uh, paint a picture for you guys, okay? So heaven came down, an angel came down, all right? And John got to see the new Jerusalem. He got to see the end result of everything, okay? But not through a perspective of what we think or what we see or what we talk about. He saw the real deal. And this angel hands him a a, a ruler, a measuring stick that says it's gold. Grab it. He says it's gold. And he says, now measure the walls. Measure the walls. Measure what I've created. And so John, John does that. Here's the thing. When you look at uh, their significance a, a lot through the Bible, when you look at the, the measuring rod of gold, it literally is, is something that's very heavenly. And what gold represents is purity. Okay, when I do uh, weddings, we talk about the gold ring a lot, and we talk about the, the eternal aspect behind it. But when we talk about the gold itself, whether white gold or gold, we talk about its, its representation is, is purity. All right, so there's a reason why a, a, a stick or a measuring rod from heaven is made out of guilt. It shows God's purity. But going to the next verse in verse uh, 16, it says that the city was laid out like a square. Okay, are you guys envisioning this? It's a big square. As long as it was wide, he measured the city with the rod and found that it was 12,000 stadia. In other words, if we would put it to miles, that's about 1,400 miles, okay? But 12,000 stadia, and check this part out, in length and as is width and high as it was long. Does that sound familiar? Let's go that again. I think some, some people missed that one, all right? In length, how long? It, as it was wide, how wide? As it was high, and how, how it was long. 
I mean, go back to Ephesians, you guys can see those four, the four types of um, dimensions that God measures with. So not only does he measure our love that way, but he also did this for the new Jerusalem. So what, the, what am I, why am I saying all this, guys? What I'm saying is this, God has his own measuring system. It's not earthly, it's heavenly. There are things he's going to measure within the inside. Now, the number 12, 1200 it has a representation behind it. It's significant. It represents order, perfection, completion, and government. God's love is immeasurable. And for John to measure that requires something heavenly to do so. Okay? And all the walls. And God gave him that revelation. Again, it was revealed to God. It wasn't a knowledge of human and earthly standard. It was given by God. Are you guys keeping up with me? Yes? Yes? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to bring math class here. I really am not. Okay? But what I am saying is that God has something heavenly that he wants us to grasp and experience on. And we're looking at it from his perspective. See, God can measure his creation because he built his creation. He knows, guys. See, when he built you, when he made you, he did it through a heavenly perspective. He didn't do it just from because of the earthly standard. When he built you, he used the heavenly measuring rod. And he said this, this is how much I know you need this or that. He's like, I know how much you need, how far you need to go. I know how much talent to give you and how much ability to give you. Because he's created you within perfect in Christ. Okay? But when we start doubting ourselves and we start seeing those things, the flaws in us, we are measuring ourselves from an earthly perspective. Here's the thing. We measure each other up a lot. You know, I know I get measured up. I know you guys probably face that sometimes where you guys get measured up. But when we allow those things that people, you know, opinions, you know, well, you can't do that. There's no way. Then we allow that to create ourselves. And God's saying, no, you can. You can. But you have to experience his measurement. You have to allow him. Because here's the thing. You are fitted for this life that he called you to lead. You are fitted. A lot of us are facing some issues that we just don't know where to go or what to do. But when we allow God to measure us up, we have direction. I didn't say clarity. I said direction. You see, because clarity is we want to see. But direction is we need to hear. I remember when I was coming from Oklahoma, I'm not sure if I shared the story with you guys, but uh, my, my wife's grandmother passed away in December, and we had an emergency trip. And I had to, I had to rely on a... Um, a snowstorm hit. It was like that first, like we had beautiful weather and then just it pounded us, right? But I was in Oklahoma where the nice weather was at. So on the way back, I hit like Joliet, Chicago area. And man, I mean, you could not see. I was driving 30 miles an hour on a highway, on an interstate. And I could not see it. I just saw cars and ditches. I saw semis rolled over. It was, it was horrible. And what was supposed to be a three-hour drive turned into seven hours. And the only way that I could, I could stay on my course while I was going slow, was listening to a GPS. Now, I, it, when, if there was no snow, I know how to get home. But man, it, it, was, it was a whiteout, and I had to rely on a GPS. And it required the GPS to give me directions when I couldn't see. We are in the same boat. When we don't see things in our lives, when we don't quite understand how, how this is supposed to play out, so many times we tend to go through the earthly measurement and say, God, show me, clear, you know, give me clarity. And I'm saying, no, 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 let's, let's pray for that we can trust and continue and get direction step by step by step. It requires us to listen and hear, okay, because of how he's built you. Did you know that you have, in a, in a sense, you have this GPS within you? 
all right? And that, that God put that in you because you can be in tune with him. Like, you can hear that. You can, you can move in that. But the thing is, we, we tend to do human measurements versus God's measurement. And human measurements, all it does is it puts limitations on us. Everyone say limitations. It puts limitations. We even do that in our, in our Christian walk. We measure ourselves on our Bible reading, how much Bible I can read the Bible in one year. Not bad to do that, okay? There's nothing wrong with measuring yourself on all your Bible reading. But that doesn't show the growth that's happening in your heart. See, sometimes we think we have to uh, measure ourselves according to about how we read or how much we pray or are we on our hands and knees. We, we measure ourselves so we can get that much closer to God. And God's saying, no, 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 that is earthly mindset. See, my measurement says I poured it all out. I gave you long, wide, deep. I gave it all to you. That's the, that's the heavenly measurement. But we limit ourselves about, well, how much Bible reading can I get? Here's the thing. If you go to scripture about the Bible reading, the Pharisees read a lot of the Bible, probably more scriptures than anybody out in the characters of the Bible. They read it all, and Jesus called them snakes, that they don't know him. They don't know him. So that proves that God doesn't see it through the earthly perspective, but he sees the heart. He weighs the heart. Revelations chapter 21, verse 18, we're gonna jump a scripture and you see, you'll see a little bit more in depth of what God's measurement looks like, okay? The wall, in Revelation 21, 18, the wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold. When you look at the, at the, uh, the material of jasper and gold, again, I told you what gold was. It, it represented uh, purity, okay, God's purity. But jasper represents God's glory, okay? God's glory is what jasper is. And God measures what it's made out of. That's how God measures as well. And so many times we don't do that. We, we just measure how far we can go or how long we can, we can jump. But God's saying, no, 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 I want to know what it's made out of. There are some, so many times where we see that we're in a sense in a fire or a problem, and God's just purifying the heart. And he's bringing you back to the purity of, of, of his heart and his heartbeat because this is all from his perspective. I mean, in 1 Samuel chapter 8 and chapter 9, I will encourage you guys to read this at home. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But in 1 Samuel 8 and 9, you see that Israel, God's people, God's nation, all right, they're, they're, they're complaining for a second. Okay, here's the thing. Now, Israel, all the nations around Israel, all right, in 1 Samuel 8 and 9, for all, all the nations around Israel has a king, a, 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 a real king that's running the nation. But Israel doesn't. And so what the, what the Israelites do, what God's people do, is they start grumbling and complaining to Samuel. And they start saying, man, you know, all these nations have kings, and we don't have a king. And I want a king. Okay, they start grumbling and complaining. I want a king. And Samuel gets a little upset about this and goes to the Lord about it. But the Lord reveals, hey, they want to see something visible. They don't realize they have an invisible king. They just, they're just mad because they can't see me. Man, this guy is king of kings. God is king of kings. And they don't even realize that because they can't see it in the natural. So they grumble and they, and they complain. And they measure themselves up. The nation of Israel measures themselves up to the other nations around them. Because I want to be, like, we, we fall short from everyone else around us. We need a king that we can see. So God, like a good daddy, says, all right, teach him a lesson. All right? He says, let him know, though. I'm going to give him a king, but he's not, he's not going to be true to me. 
And so Samuel does. He tells him that. No, no, no. We don't, I don't want to hear that. I just, we want a king. So God says, okay. And Saul comes in the picture. And the Bible says that Saul was handsome and that Saul was a head taller than all the people. Okay? So not only did God give him a king, he got him a, a pretty good-looking guy that sticks out from everyone. And when those guys, when the Israelites, when Israel saw that king, they did this. Oh, yeah, that's the guy I want. He's our king. It's like a pickup game. You get the tallest guy. And so they, they went into this thing. And what ends up happening is that, that Saul was never true. He wasn't true. I mean, Israel had trouble with Saul. Saul's heart wasn't after God. So what does God do? He brings on David. But the cool thing is this, guys. Samuel goes to Jesse, all right, David's dad. And, and, and David has a bunch of brothers. And David is the youngest of them all. And Samuel goes, and he sees the first brother. Okay, now they're seeking the other, uh, they're, they're looking for David. And, and they don't know it's David yet, though. And they come, and Samuel sees Eliab. And Eliab is the oldest brother. And the Bible said that he was, uh, he, he had appearance, or in other words, he, he looked good, and he was tall. So Samuel's like, oh, Lord, surely that's your king right there. And the Lord says, I don't, I don't measure from the outward appearance. In other words, I don't look at it through an earthly perspective. I look at the heart. And after going through a line of brothers, come on, God, where you at? Where you at? Got none of them? And Samuel says, well, you got any more boys? And Jesse's like, well, I got this one shepherd in the back, tending sheep, ruggedy, small. Bring him in. And when David comes in, the Lord speaks to Samuel. He is the one I want. But wait, God, I can see Samuel. He doesn't measure up, though. He doesn't measure up. But God says, because I don't use an earthly metric system. I use, an earth, or I use a heavenly metric system. And I weigh the heart. Where am I going with those two stories? Guys, there are times where people will measure you up. Maybe in the earthly perspective, you don't have the knowledge or the education. Maybe in the earthly perspective, you don't have the finances to do whatever you need to do. Maybe, maybe the relationships have been horrible. Maybe people are saying, you know, maybe you should step back from that or whatever. But what people are doing is they're measuring you up. But when you allow the, uh, the experience of God's love to dwell within you from his perspective, not yours. Again, we're talking about his perspective on us. He can measure you. He can give you what you need. He can fill where it is empty because he created you. You may not be picked up first when it comes to a pickup game, but God has created you perfectly with order and perfection in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. Now, David and Saul, we just talked about, they meet, okay? Goliath, you guys know the big story about Goliath and what he does, and, you know, I told you VeggieTales shows him as a big pickle, but he's just a, it says he is nine feet tall, over nine feet tall, and a whole army of Israel is not even budging. This guy is just, ah, intimidating to all God's people. And the Bible says that David shows up, and there's more to it, but David shows up, all right? Who is this guy who defiles the army of Israel, God's chosen people? A 
little boy. He didn't do this. Oh man, you guys are dead. (laughs) He didn't do that because he didn't look at it through that. He allowed God to measure him up. And he saw that this guy was nothing compared to our Heavenly Father. And the story goes, he was done. (laughs) Goliath was dead and over their champion. We get ourselves in so much trouble, guys, when we measure by appearance and when we measure by height in our personal lives. And what we tend to do is we disqualify ourselves. And God doesn't want you to disqualify yourself. God wants you to allow him to work within you and constantly mold you who you are. I'm not saying I have the answers to your problems, but I am saying there is an answer to all things. And his name is Christ Jesus. But we have to allow him to move and, and, and just mold us within. See, when we, when we compare ourselves to an earthly mindset, when we look at height, in other words, we always are going to be disappointed of what we don't have because they have it. The nation of Israel did that. They, we, we don't have a king. We want a king like everybody else. We're going to do that. When we look at it through an earthly perspective, well, they got all that. How do they get all? I, I wish I had that. And we measure ourselves through an earthly mindset. We will always walk in disappointment because we will never be content with what we have in our lives. But when we allow God to work within our hearts, God is working within me. He is strengthening me with power in my inner man. When you can say that in the midst of time where we're we're walking through some junk, watch God show up and watch every Goliath in your life be decapitated because of the inner strength that's within you, the inner man, because God has measured his love perfectly in you, even when you don't even understand it. Don't allow anyone to measure you for for what they see, because Christ has called you a child of God. That is the only way you can get to where you need to go and lead a life. Don't ever follow your heart, lead your heart. Allow God's word to, to saturate, allow him to thread Okay, everything. Allow him to thread his heart with your heart so you may abide in each other. And when you think about abide, when you think about thread, you think about the stitching that, I mean, no one can rip that. No matter how hard that grip is, nobody can rip that away. And so we have to allow God to to do this, to do this, right? Here's the thing. I believe I used this example before, but I remember, I, I think it was a youth takeover like a year or two ago, and I, I had a chisel and, and, you know, the thing that you, the hammer, right? And so many times we wanted to be perfect for God, and we start chiseling things, and, oh, God, I need to stop this, and I don't want to do that, and I'm sorry, forgive me. And I was explaining to you guys that we have the right intention, the right, the right uh, uh, motive, but the approach was completely wrong. It's because we are trying to work on our own to just to, to, to fall into that experience of God's love. And God's saying, no, 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 stop. Stop. I get you, but stop. He says, hand me the chisel over. And you give him the, the tools. And then you have to say, God, then do your thing. Allow God to work in you. If you don't want to be measured by earthly circumstances, then don't, then don't hold back from what God is working within you, even when it doesn't make sense. Because there are going to be times where it does not make sense. But from a heavily measuring tape, I guess, or a measuring stick, you see God is doing a work and it's building something in you because he, has, he is getting you rooted 
and a foundation and ground where it's going to grip. He has built this foundation on Jesus Christ that's called the rock so he can build something pretty. That's where he wants you to be.